whispers, whisper in the yard and turn the trees all into toys. Lay there on the ground and turn the dirt into your joy. Before you start to drift and your soul begins to scream, I just wanted to tell you that you're listening to a dream. Pace's Playground. Pace's Playground Podcast. Mark, you're going to fight in front of 50,000 people in about a month or two. Are your knees shaking yet? <laughs> you know what? I'm just filled with excitement. You know, like, like it, it became real on Tuesday at the press conference, being there and being at the, the uh, stadium and, you know, seeing how big this is going to be. And just, you know, even at the, the fan uh, meet and greet, like you just feel the excitement and the uh, anticipation from everybody. So it's just like I'm, I'm just excited to all the fans. What do you think you're going to do against a guy, Aldo, that is very well-rounded also in striking and, and some missions? What type of strategy uh, are you uh, going to apply? For sure, well, I don't know. This last uh, few fights, Jose Aldo's came out to stand and strike. So, you know, it all depends on his, his game plan. But, you know, it's mixed martial arts and you have to be ready everywhere. But you know with myself, I'm coming out there to stand on the feet and, you know, to stand and throw punches and kicks and knees, and that's the fight I'm, you know, looking for. So whoever, whoever I get that, like, by anti-wrestling or, you know, getting back to my feet and scrambles, that's, that's you know, um, my, my kind of game plan is obviously to put the, the pressure in uh, to use my striking skills. Precisely. Uh, what uh, do you intend to do inside the octagon? When you're a striker and you're trying to avoid getting on your back, what can you do? What kind of strategy? Do you use more kicks? What do you precisely do as a fighter not to get uh, on the floor? It really all depends on the opponent, you know, like how, how your opponent reacts, like what kind of game plan he comes with and how, what kind of pressure he puts. But footwork is definitely key. Um, you know, like I think kicking is pretty tough early in a fight just because it's easy, you know, for a lot of wrestlers especially to, ki to catch the kick and go for the takedown off your, off your strikes. But, you know, like I said, it all depends on the opponent and you, you have to use everything in your arsenal. You know, you, got, you have to use your knees when they try to attack and, you know, it's just um, it all really depends on the opponent though. You've got a uh, strong background of kickboxing and Muay Thai. Both your last fights uh, were against guys that would run around, uh, try fancy kicks, but you seem patient to wait for the perfect time to just take a shot, but a precise and counting one. You seem to overcome your opponents that way. Yeah, like that, I think that's my, like, you know, I'm, I feel I'm really precise with my punches, and that's one thing even, like, when I'm teaching, I, I teach my, my students is just, like, Don't waste punches because, you know, it's a waste of energy. Just make sure that, you know, obviously, you know, you don't want to overweight and sit back too much, but you also want to, you know, go out there and find the shots that, that are going to do damage and without wasting your energy and, and picking the right shots because those are the ones that's going to land. And I feel that my, my style, normally, like, I feel the later the fight goes, the more the fight's in my favor. I feel like I have strong conditioning and, Like, uh, you know, the longer the fight goes, the stronger I get. But I, I came out last time, my last fight, and I finished it in 88 seconds. So I feel that I do also have the punching power that, you know, if, if the fight opportunity comes, I can finish a fight quick. And that's what I wanted to prove my last fight, that, you know, like it's not just, you know, me just, you know, waiting and countering and whatnot. I, I can be aggressive, go forward and, and knock my opponent out. And that's what happened in my last fight. And I just wanted to illustrate that. That's the fight against uh, Roop at uh, UFC Roop Fight Night uh, 23, right? Yeah, yeah, I fight for the troops. That was just under three weeks ago. You've been recognized with a strong body hook to deliver. C can you describe what kind of effect that strike does to your opponent? Oh, it's a devastating punch. The left hook to the liver shot is a devastating punch. And it doesn't matter how tough you are, 
how you know how much willingness you have to fight. You take a shot to the body like that, it, it completely paralyzes your body and it shuts you down, and it you know kind of makes any man any man weak and uh, takes their win completely. I think it's the most devastating punch in in boxing and in MMA. If you can you know land that shot, it it can change the fight. It changes the the person's conditioning. It changes his will to fight, and um, it brings his hands down. Everything. It's just it's a great punch that. You know, it's taken years to kind of perfect it, and that's one punch that's definitely my favorite in the arsenal. How do you manage the, the change of organizations, like, like say, from TKO to WEC? How did you adapt to a certain style, to a certain level of competitors? The one thing that I was, I was uh, lucky with or blessed with is, is coming up in the Montreal-based promotions, like first it was UCC and then to TKO, that this, the shows they put on were huge, like like. They had a really nice production. They had big events. They had huge crowds. So that was one thing that helped all of us. Like, because George St. Pierre, um, David Oazo, Patrick Cote, Jonathan Goulet, all those guys fought there before they went to the UFC, right? And I think those shows helped us prepare just because we were used to fighting, you know, having to do the pre-fight interviews, having to do, you know, the big production and fighting in front of a large crowd. And I think that was a big thing that got us ready to to fighting and, and also they brought in top guys like we all we're all the champions in that division but they also brought in a lot of tough opponents that prepared prepared uh, for the next level so for you the secret was only to uh, be at the top of your game to be at the top of the wec then you, you would be confident about having a spot in the ufc and i think right you were because now you're a co-main eventer at ufc 129 uh, do you think being from ontario is going to work for you or against you You know what? I I believe it's it's going to be great. Like I mean, I I'm having the fan support, but the thing is with this fight, I'm going in there. I'm I'm a big underdog. There's no there's no question that. So it's it's always nice to to go in in that role because there's always added pressure on the champion or the guy who's you know supposed to win, or you know like whereas I'm I feel that I'm the underdog in this fight. A lot of people are counting me out, so I'm going to go out there and prove them wrong. You fight for your rent, for your groceries, for your kids. What's the pressure behind that kind of job? Because people sometimes, they will look at a WEC or a MMA event on pay-per-view. They, they would think that uh, you only do that part-time. It's, 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 it's a commitment. Like it's, for me, it's, it, this is my you know, 16th year uh, training, 10th year fighting as a pro. Like this, this is a lifelong commitment. And it, yeah, like you're saying, like it looks like you, know, you go out there for 15 minutes and, and lay it on the line where, you know, there's months leading up to that fight where you're training, you know, two times a day, giving up every sacrifice, you know, through the diet, through your friends and time away from your family. And, you know, like for me, I traveled to Las Vegas to train, so I have to leave my family behind. And the years of that before that, you know, building the record, competing all over the world, like, you know, sacrificing a lot. And to make it to that level is, is very tough. And even when you're there, it's even, it's even more cutthroat just because of the you know, the pressure that's on there to be, you know, to fight the best guys in the world. And it's a constant evolving game. You know, like each fight, you'll see all the top guys. You look at that, like a guy like George St-Pierre, every single fight, he gets better. And the reason mm -hmm. why he does it is because he, he works every single day at perfecting his art or, or working on his weaknesses or gaining, gaining more uh, skills as a fighter, whether it's, you know, mentally or physically or whatever, he's always looking for the edge. And that's, that's where the top guys are. And a lot of times it's, it's tough for people to understand that, you know, like that, you know, it, this is a, this is a, such a tough job and, you know, I love it and I wouldn't want to do anything else, but it's very difficult and it's just constant work. For us fans, we look at you guys, let's say, I've watched you fight maybe a month or two ago or six months ago, and then you're off the screens 
And then I see you again six months later looking fit, looking ready to fight. Could you uh, discuss the downtime or the time lapse between fights uh, where you have to uh, deal with injuries? Because, uh, again, people seem to think uh, being an MMA fighter is easy. You train, you end your fight, you put on a bandit or two, and, yeah. and then you're, you're off to, uh, to home. No, I mean, it's, it's obviously like in between fight, you have a little bit more downtime where you can, you know, Get, like I said, get this, some time to spend with the family or with myself. Like, you know, I'll go fishing for a weekend or something like that. But, you know, like, I, I was lucky. My last fight, I came out healthy, you know, no injuries. So uh, back Monday, as soon as Monday, like, it was sat, fought on Saturday, and back Monday, I was already back in the gym. And you see, like, a lot of the fighters who are, you know, doing well, that's the kind of mentality they have is, like, you know, just constantly you got to grow, you got to get better. But sometimes, like my fight before that, I, I had to wear a cast for the after the fight so that's obviously a you know big hindrance for training and you know it's it's just part of the game though how good of a showman do you have to be how good at pre-fight interviews at trying to build some hype to make it sell how do you uh become competent at that part of the job well you know for myself i was trying to be myself and you know show my personality a lot of times you know the the shows and the promoters and the 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 people who put together the, the promos, they can edit you the way they want you. Like, if you want to, you know, be the heel or, you know, the bad guy or the good guy. Like, but someone like, you know, the fight with George and uh, George St. Pierre and uh, John, Josh Koscheck, you know, it was very easy to see who the good guy and the bad guy was. <laughs> Some guys are better at that. But I, I, like for myself, I just like to, you know, show my own personality and hopefully the fans like it. And that, But that's a big thing. You definitely need... Um, a fan following and you, you need people to want to watch you fight because you know if nobody cares whether you, you know you win or lose that's it's that's a big thing for yourself as a career and you definitely need to, to have that but a guy like myself I just look, look to ch try and show my personality and you know who I'm about I, I don't try to fake uh, anything about myself if you win the featherweight title would you be willing to go to Disney World <laughs> I would love to go to Disney World <laughs> Mark, this has been a pleasure. Thank you for your time. Oh, no, I appreciate you talking to me. This is Playground Podcast. Find it, hear it on SoundCloud and iTunes. Comment, react, or troll via Twitter at PlaygroundPod, Facebook.com slash PlaygroundPodcast. Email PlaygroundPodcast at Hotmail.com. PlaygroundPodcast.com.